0: Hi, if you like this show, please help spread the word. Tweet a link to this episode or a link to the podcast in general to your friends or share it with your friends or find people who like REM or find people who like music or find people who like podcasts. We just really want more people to listen to this because it is a lot of fun to do. Uh, so if you can help us spread the word, that would be amazing. Uh, thank you in advance if you decide to do it. And if you don't. Hey, you're listening, and we're so grateful you've done that, too. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And you're listening to File Underwater, the show where we try to convince you that R.E.M. is America's finest rock band. Yep. And this week we are talking about Document, which came out on September 1st of 1987, uh, the same day as Michael Jackson's Bad. Yeah, you know, bad. Yeah, it's a good album. Yeah, well, I, it's
1: a bad <laughs> album. Yeah, <and the>, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: I didn't yeah, make that, that joke specifically. It doesn't because, seem so smart to me. <laughs> 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 it's, like, <laughs> it's very rare that I'm the one who decides not to do something because yeah. I know there's not going to be a way out of it. <laughs> um
1: but yeah, yeah, we're talking about document, and this is the the first record uh, that R.E.M. did that I think is like I think this is the most uh, like uneven one they've done. Yeah, so far. I don't know like where you're at on that. Like I think that revisiting Life's First Pageant for the last episode, like it was like oh like the second side of this is weaker than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know document's kind of hard. Yeah. Uh, like I you know like I'm you know and there's <laughs> lots of things about this I'm not into. And yeah. it is a weird blip because uh, this. A lot of the things like kind of hallmarks of this go away instantly. Yes. Um, and never and don't really come back. Like mm-hmm. even Monster, which is the closest they try to get into some of this weird kind of harder edge, mm-hmm. I guess, stuff um, is a real different flavor of that.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty much in line with you. We'll, I mean, we'll talk about it during the course of the episode. Uh, it is it, it is very strange. I think it definitely suffers in comparison uh, to the two albums that are around it. Um, yeah and also uh it is bizarre to me that uh that this ended up being their first platinum album it seems like more of like a uh like al pacino getting the oscar for Scent of a woman like it mm. wasn't his best thing but like oh just it was time
1: <laughs> well the, the oscar people are all like wild about who has <laughs> yes and like and who isn't like yeah
0: yeah some <laughs> shits are great yeah and, the, and also uh... <laughs> for the guy who played robin in batman and robin whose name i can't remember
1: yeah. Uh Chris something.
0: Yeah. The um I I mean it's just it, it was platinum because of the one I love. Um I yeah. You course, know, which yeah. is
1: it which is a really conventional, boring song that like <laughs> makes sense as a big hit because it's you know, it's a real just pop song. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. So this is uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh September first, nineteen eighty seven. Um and they so this was produced with somebody different. They couldn't get uh Gemmin back from uh from Like Source Pageant. Mm-hmm. Um and he suggested Litt. Um who kind of feels uh, ostensibly more in the wheelhouse. Like he's worked with the DBs. The DBs are not DN you know, musical DNA wise that different from REM actually.
0: Yeah, the, the the DBs are closer to REM than um John Cooker Mellencamp was. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um
1: and he's also had hitmaking, you know, kind of uh, history because he had done Walking
0: on Sunshine <laughs> by Katrina and the Waves. Yeah. And which, Bubblegum. <laughs> the which which made him weirdly uh an easy sell uh to IRS. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, nothing on our label sounds like walking on sunshine, but people seem to like that song. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then this relationship with lip would actually end up going on for a long time. Like he would be their producer up through new adventures in hi-fi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, the the new producer corner is not going to be a part of the the show. (laughs) No. for for quite a while, actually. Um, This is always the producer that I associate with R.E.M. before I started going kind of deep. Yeah them because i just kept seeing his name on all
0: the records <laughs> um, um he, it, it, like his credit is also cr- uh, co-producer because the band themselves uh ended up being a little bit more involved in the process too
1: yes and that is one of those in the books that i read is one of those classic rem things where like there's conflicting information as so what exactly that meant yeah um like i've read interviews where like Peter Buck is dismissive of it and says, like, you know, we say that, but really, we just kind of fiddled with some mixing
0: boards. And Yeah, yeah. Like, we, like we wanted it because we're, we got greedy in our old age, I think is almost an exact quote.
1: Yeah. And but then other people, you know, then there are other quotes where it's like, no, we actually had a really distinct sound we wanted. Yeah. And we wanted to go for it. And the album, weirdly enough, like this album has a very specific sound that doesn't isn't shared by later albums, which no. makes me think that, like, Scott Lit is possibly kind of a non-presence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in general, yeah. you know, like he can kind of do it all. He's kind of a chameleon thing mm-hmm. because this doesn't feel like it has the same touchstones as green, which doesn't feel like it has the same touchstones as out of time. Right. Things like that. Yeah. So I, th- I think you just kind of can work with whatever direction the band wants to go in.
0: Yeah. Like lit definitely came in with some preferences and with just some things that came like in the box. So he likes a big sound like he naturally just put Michael Stipe into the foreground more um, you know, really really uh played up his sound. And they're like, they just realized one day, man, Michael's really loud. And they just thought, well, yeah. we're okay with it. We didn't notice it before. Let's like, let's just let it happen.
1: Yeah, they go with it, which is you know another reason probably why this album did so well for them. Yeah. Because that's kind of just how music is recorded. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know. Um yeah. So they did uh the series of demos in uh in Athens, um, uh, which we can talk about for a minute, yeah. um, these these versions of these songs that are um, you've been in the notes as like spacious and eerie, which is definitely true. Um, they're also like, I think some of the most like punk REM has ever sounded. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's like they're, they've definitely got a lot of space in there. Um, there's some weird kind of out of tune stuff, things that make it eerie or just like missing the whole lines because they're mm-hmm. demos Yeah, that make it sound weird. But like, it sounds really raw. It's like guided by voices. <laughs> you know, like everything is kind of distorted, but without production sheen. Yeah so it makes them sound
0: like a garage band there's there's one specific song that i think is a million times better in demo
1: (laughs) i actually i think i like the demos for this a lot yeah actually like usually that's not the kind of thing that i'm gonna be drawn to Mm -hmm. that much even though um i don't know if you've heard the ones for out of time uh the of time demos are really interesting yeah um so we'll, we'll definitely get to that but like uh generally you know a demo is not that revealing You know, we did the ones uh, we talked about them for Life Search Pageant, which they were like semi-revealing, but mostly it was things that were drastically different. Like it was Mm -hmm. like different lyrics or melodies, um, or just unreleased songs. Yeah. Um, Here, there's not that much in the way of unreleased songs. Like you get the sense that they didn't write tons of material for this album. No. Um, You know, so and that is aligned with our kind of thesis with like Life Search Pageant, where they wrote. Some extra material, but also went back to the well a whole bunch and did a lot of old songs. Mm-hmm. Like this might be the end of the REM. Like I, we're going to produce two albums worth of material for a thing. Yeah, and then and just choose the best stuff. Well, and like that, like, that has dwindled.
0: It's super apparent too because there's stuff here that is just straight up a holdover from even as far back as Fables.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So those demos are all collected and they were on a bootleg and you can. They'll be in the show notes. Um. You can find them on YouTube. I think they're definitely worth a listen. Mm-hmm um yeah. you know and it's it's just kind of like it you know it really works in a lot of senses like the the kind of restraint that's shown on those mm-hmm. super
0: good yeah um the actual album they went on to record it in nashville yeah then they mixed it in los angeles like they are working not just in mitch easter's garage but like in huge established places yes yeah Um, so one thing that I am really ambivalent about is, uh, Stipe's lyrics getting even more political. Uh, he would say, here's a quote. I don't know what the source is. I just pulled it from my book. Uh, the whole album is about chaos. I've become very interested in chaos and the hypothesis that there is order within chaos. So I guess that kind of carried over into the recording. Uh, a lot of this is crazy, super on the nose, even in a way that life's rich pageant wasn't. Um, or If it was on the nose in Life's Rich Pageant, it was offset by um, maybe production or composition that was not as like serious and doom and gloom as it is here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is this is I feel like this is very um, kind of like a a piece in a weird 80s way, like a Reagan 80s way. There are a lot of there's lots of songs and kind of art. Yeah, yeah. That had the sense to it. I remember one of my uh, all-time and like you know, here's a train town tale. Like one of the uh, most embarrassing things I've ever done uh, was when I was in um, maybe like ninth or tenth grade. I was in an art class, and I was kind of uh, always had this weird semi-friendship with a lot of like the skater kids, okay. like, the skater punk kids. And uh, there was a guy who was trying to you know was talking to me about bands. And, uh, telling me about these, these kind of punk bands and like, and he was talking about like dead Kennedys and minor threat and stuff and how cool and political they were. Yeah. And then I fired back with like, man you've got to hear document like if you want cool and political
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you, you um, got to hear, gotta so hear this. have you heard t- about this Aaron house
0: like yeah <laughs> so, something tells me the finest work song is not going to stand up to fuck you nazi punks
1: yeah yeah, yeah just uh you know
0: california Uberalis is
1: arguably a more vitriolic pure expression of punk than uh you know uh exhuming mccarthy yeah <laughs> you um, know, it's playful uh, piano tinkles and such
0: yeah. The, the, this is very much – there was a really funny bit on uh, – yeah, dude, where Seth was making fun of uh, Neil Young. But and it's very much the case here. We don't like the policies. The economics don't add up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit what they're getting here. And just it kind of strips away a lot of the mystery and obliqueness. And I think that like some of the best stuff lyrically on this album is where they do take solace in mystery again. Where it is not them just like – just getting up in your shit. I understand being political because you feel like you have to, you have a platform where you can make that happen. I think that the more artful way to do it is flowers of Guatemala, not insert like five or six albums on this or five or six songs on this album. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it, it makes it feel like um, it's just kind of too naked. Yeah. You know, in, in the, the expressions, like it's a little bit, a little bit too direct, a little bit too naked. That combined with, um, I feel like the songs not being super strong musically, mm-hmm. uh, kind of adds up to it not having, because either one of those things I think I could take, right? Yeah. Like, if the lyrics were like at the height of his powers and were about these political things, but were actually pretty subtle, mm-hmm. um, I would be into it, yeah. you know, even if the songs were kind of lackluster. Alternatively, like, you know, I can listen to a band that has really great songs and the lyrics are a little bit like like i listen to vampire weekend those lyrics are stupid
0: um or or just like like in this vein like look back one album cuyahoga super on the nose but musically fucking gorgeous
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. and and it's also got those little bit like a little evocative like turns of phrases that are not yeah, super on the nose yeah. you know this is just like i i feel like there's lots of things that um it's it's like a whole album that's the template for ignore land <laughs> you know jeez <laughs> like, oh, how long like, has it been
0: since i thought about ignore land <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, ignore <laughs> land but, um <laughs> really that, that's got to be down there with like you know I you know i did talk about radio song we had the worst REM song uh <laughs> ignore land is really wrong
0: yeah um, yeah yeah um I, I i think that i should probably go into witness protection after uh automatic for the people that episode <laughs> like it's, i'm probably like there's, gonna there's, have to there's so much stuff
1: that i like about it like yeah. the, all the songs that have the man on the moon template like i'm way into yeah yeah like try not to breathe side when side your sleeps tonight like all mm-hmm. the upbeat stuff i think is great yeah um so it's it's you know there, there's a lot to like there but like it's just uh that kind of i don't know um and it's it's so it reminds me of like when I'm reading about radio song where I think that like I don't think this is a popular opinion or no one's ever said this to like those dudes like, hey, this was a little bit on the nose. Like history is not with me and Cole. No, on this. Like it's not like, you know, they they were like, yeah, you know, in retrospect, that was like kind of a a, a teenagers, you know, or a college students idea of hard hitting and
0: revolutionary. Yeah, well, it, so there's nothing saying that it's not worth being said, right? Yes. <laughs> So they're they on the right side of this stuff. And maybe at the time it was, you know, in the, like, like in the heat of it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And at the time maybe it was a little bit like rarer, you know, yeah. but it's, it's one of the things that I, I most dislike about U2. Yeah. Because U2 is like every one of their albums is like this, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the, the kind of lyrical composition, it's like so direct. So like, uh, political and it, i understand the irony of either of us being like hey you know stick to music
0: like it's not that like yeah. I, i've had many like five minute like dark dark five minutes of the soul driving and listening to this like i'm gonna have to come out and say like maybe just chill it for a second like calm down and i people have said that to us so i understand the yeah. hypocrisy it's fine yeah
1: it's you know it's 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 just the way it's done yeah that's not my my favorite thing and it doesn't it's not like i dislike all the lyrics on here but like i think this is so far probably my least favorite album lyrically Mm -hmm. that they've done like pretty easily yeah you know um and again it's a blip like there's tons (laughs) of stuff i like on green like green the lyrics are still direct but they're not about Reagan. and the music like i like better so it just makes it you know kind of a stronger album for me Mm -hmm. um so when he's talking about this chaos and this kind of change, um, this is the file under fire album. Um, you know, to compare to Reckoning's file under water, yep, and, or, or uh,
0: Eponymous's, Eponymous's file under grain, yeah, <laughs> fire under file under Feldspar, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there were – so in the book that uh, both Gary and I are, are, are sharing, Inside Out, which is like a song-by-song song kind of thing, they have a uh, a scan or a photograph of a document that contains a lot of um, – like just – it is it is a notebook page with possible names for this album. Gary, yeah, do you they,
1: – they, they were having a hard time naming them, so they put up
0: a sign <laughs> in the studio that said, name this album. Right. And yeah. so you know, a lot
1: of these were cited, but other people could write these down too. <laughs> um, and they're they're pretty excruciating. Like document
0: turned out to be the correct choice. Yes, it did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although document to me sounds like a greatest hits album. Yeah. Uh, like 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 that title.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it was the name of a greatest hits. It's like somebody they mentioned some it's like maybe Billy Bragg or something. Oh, it was uh an yeah. Alex Chilton uh kind of oh, a yeah. uh, compilation thing. Yeah, and it's weird because they have a lot of DNA in common. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex Chilton and and R.E.M. <laughs> guys and Big Star. <laughs> yep. Uh but like Mr. Evil Breakfast. Mr. Uh, Evil Breakfast <laughs> is real. That's that would be very hard to, you know. <laughs> yeah or like skin up with rem yeah like uh, skin up skin up uh yeah. t- table of content is uh is very bland yeah uh, well especially pe- now that like now that content
0: oh, is yeah, not, I mean, not a yeah.
1: medium but like content means something different now
0: yeah, yeah yeah um uh last trip to disneyland is one that uh is one that peter buck was pushing for uh really <laughs> hard talking about how america was becoming like disneyland and reagan yeah what's going on behind those fences i'm not gonna say that's never gonna stop being funny
1: but uh it'll be a while before that stops being funny like well because i think it's good because it's useful too like it definitely definitely describes a certain kind of attitude (laughs) my favorite movie of all time is
0: danny darko um
1: um, danny darko's fine
0: yeah it's it's okay um point of order i think would i would have actually been a pretty good one for as political yeah. well, as this is um and then one that's jumped out to me both because it was written in, in sharpie on this paper and because it contains my name verdict ross Gatabout.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah which we'll is that's that's really weird yeah it's just like you know the same thing i, I think i've told the story in a podcast before but i'll tell it again because i was thinking about skin up with REM. okay um my second like or one of like my last band before i left to kelp I was band called the midnight snacks and uh, is kind of just a pickup band of people who were around um, informed it. And we put out a, a record and we we're trying to come out with a name for it. And in our practice space in the alley, we found someone had taken a Polaroid of a man ejaculating like in, in mid. <laughs> Wait, he caught it. Somebody else caught it. Like a photographer. caught. Yeah. It.
0: I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, like caught it like mid, like with it, with a Polaroid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and what I wanted to do was take that picture and then Photoshop us surfing on the product <laughs> and call it "Surfs Up with the Midnight Snacks." <laughs> like, and nobody in the band would do it, but I thought it was just, like the funniest idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow! Uh,
0: so I just had a re- I just had a realization. This goes way back, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Surfs Up
1: with the Midnight Snacks like i and like the guys and it's it's so frustrating to me now because it's like i think their impulse not to do it was like oh it's embarrassing it'll get in the way of us being a real band it's like dog like <laughs> yeah. that was that was never gonna happen like, right right you know and now the only difference is i don't have this funny picture of me <laughs> photoshopping out on this dude's scrub you know like, <laughs> <laughs> see, see the thing is that could easily happen now <laughs> Oh, totally. Like I could, yeah. I can make it happen now, but it wouldn't be like the Polaroid we found right, like right, outside yeah. of our practice. Like we were, had a practice, like we're talking about what to name the album, walked outside and found that picture. Like it was super kismet, you know, like yeah. it was, it was meant to be. And like, you know, we diverged into a dark timeline when those guys to do that. <laughs> like, oh, it, maybe
0: the band up. would have been successful then. You know? Surf's up. Uh, also product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a very good story. I don't know that it's, I've heard that before. It's uh it's it's
1: a real bummer that it didn't happen. <laughs>
0: no. So it wasn't called Surf's Up. It wasn't called Friendly Dinosaur District. Um yes. it was called um Document uh, as a shortened form of documentary, because Stipe, who was incredibly politi- politically active at this point, was watching a lot of documentary, uh, including the film coverage of the thirty-six Berlin Olympics, uh, and also transmissions of the McCarthy hearings uh, from the fifties. Yeah, and reading books about that as well. Like, yeah. there's like literal, you know,
1: pictures of him in the studio
0: reading, yeah, books about. Joseph McCarthy. Yeah. And there are also Which, like, like stories of him. Like when he wasn't doing takes, he would just be like posted up at a typewriter, just like getting his thoughts down on this stuff. Yeah. 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 Which the typewriter shows up.
1: Yeah. One of the tracks. Um, the, uh, it's, it, it has such a, that kind of political bent that they kind of swerve into here is such a phase feeling yeah. thing. And that's part of why I think it, uh, clangs is it doesn't feel timeless. It feels like, Oh, they're going through their, their politics phase. Mm hmm. You know, it's not artificial because, you know, they're generally feeling that. But, like, no. you know, that is when, like, you know, uh, you look
0: at somebody and they're like, oh, they're into this for now, but I don't think it's going to have legs. Mm-hmm. You no. know, it has that feeling. To they, it. they would remain political throughout, you know, like yeah. pr- primarily led by Stipe. Um, and there would be conflicts about that. Like, not everybody was down with Stipe being so vocal with PETA. You yeah. Know? Like, it just it, it wasn't a thing. But, like, in general, that was that was what they put forward
1: and and i'll say that uh, any of this kind of criticism or making fun extends exclusively to where it intersects with their songs. Yeah. Like the way that they are political in kind of words and deeds and like doing benefit concerts and shit like that. Like i'm mm-hmm. definitely not going to begrudge them.
0: Oh, fuck no, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and like they would find like water would find its level with green. I think green is a is a political album in a way that i can that i can really get down with actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And kind of telling the most Having that kind of aggressively political song on that album, Mm -hmm. uh, Orange Crush, which uh, they wrote around this time, Mm -hmm. that's one of the only, like, the few songs that, like, because usually, you know, you kind of get these tendrils into the future when you start looking at uh, outtakes and live performances. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, we tested this, but it ended up on the next album. Um, Orange Crush is on green, and that's such a document-era song and was a document-era song. I just didn't make it up on this album. Mm -hmm. So the uh, And it it works so much better as a one standout.
0: Yeah. Than you know a, uh, a kind of a template for the for the record. <laughs> the, the, then as like the sixth the the sixth punch in a ten punch combo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um Yeah. So this album was very well received, uh, as we mentioned. Like critics loved it.
1: Um, it it did really well. It felt like the band getting out of uh, to the critics like a band getting out of their rut. Yeah. Um You know. So at the very you know you get that sense of like oh at the very least it's different. Mm hmm.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, they'll oh. themselves on fire, but at least it's different. Um, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Like, I wish everything would change. Yeah. Oh, you know? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish I lived in interesting times. Um, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this was their first platinum album. So it climbed the charts kind of slowly. Um, you know, it came out in September. It went gold in December. Um, and when it reached uh, top 10, hit number nine. Actually, and then by January of eighty-eight, then, then the uh, next year, uh, it was platinum.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh you know, so they toured for this as well. Uh, they had a tour called the Work Tour. Yeah, and that they did. Um, and this was uh after this, it began their kind of longest period of not touring. Yeah, uh, that they had. Yeah. Um, this has been documented a couple of times. There is a live performance that's on the 25th anniversary reissue, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about. Um, there's also a uh, like a official bootleg of it um, that has credits and, and stuff like that that's on YouTube. I don't know mm-hmm. what this was called. Um, that's that, that trailer I sent.
0: Yeah. Uh, to yeah. You.
1: That's like a, a credit sequence for this tour like mm-hmm. some kind of bootleg of this tour that has better performances than the 25th anniversary cd does yeah that's um, kind of like, rough
0: um i, I hate it it's like so I, I think, <laughs> I, think
1: it's, I think it's one of the worst things they've ever done like it's <laughs> and and this tour like there's this it it is this kind of like and this corresponds with what i'm reading in the book where it's like uh and this happened a little bit last time where it's like oh everyone's calling them a jerk now mm-hmm. like this was this felt like what people think of Fables of the Reconstruction Era R.E.M. was, yeah. Where, like, you know, there, there's kind of like more of them being a little bit hinky. There's more kind of this like bad, hard edge, kind of performance stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that it feels a little posture-y and not like as down to earth as I I usually think of them.
0: Yeah. Um, so I didn't see this in my in in my books uh, when I pulled it up. Like your oral history, I think, plays this up more. Do you have any specific details? about uh you know uh, uh, you know to kind of back that up
1: yeah yeah the, like the specific story they talk about is kind of um they toured for a while with uh camber van beethoven and there's this issue of like there being this bad blood because uh rem was doing a lot of stuff to cut costs and uh the manager of camber van beethoven got a look at like you know backstage at one point got a look at their uh uh accounting for their tour and they were authorized to pay the opening act, um, a thousand dollars a night, but we're only paying them half that depending on the venue.
0: Right.
1: So they were getting, you know, they were, and this was when the one I love was on the radio and they were selling out, you know, the biggest shows they've ever done. Yeah. So they were making a lot of money. Um, but they were kind of scrimping and saving on this. And then he got mad about it. And then the are like they were just like, well, we don't, you know, and then later he kind of recanted. And so like, I don't know who it was, if it was management, if it was the actual guys in the band, you know, and it kind of causes bad blood between them. And there are kind of more stories of that in like minor ways of just kind of them being dicks. Like um, yeah. there's a guy who came on tour with them, um, kind of like assisting, uh, kind of started out doing guitar the name is escaping me doing like guitar tech stuff, ended up playing on some songs, and uh, you know, was like really good friends with Michael Stipe, and he tells a story in this oral history about a lot of people being like, yeah, I was really good friends with Michael Sipe at one Like, <laughs> you know, he doesn't like, he's got this reputation for kind of using people up and leaving them. And it's totally true. So just like, watch your back, you yeah. know? Um, and like, there's just kind of this, this, uh, a bunch of little stories like that. And I recognize there's some bias because these are all Athens people who didn't, aren't as successful. Yeah. So there's undoubtedly an element of jealousy mm-hmm. going into it, but this is the highest concentration, this chapter of the book that I've seen of people being like, guys are being kind of dicks
0: yeah you know Um, and this rings much more true and i am much more uh, much more sympathetic to this than just like athens scenes people saying i sang through a megaphone first
1: yes like this feels more substantial than that like this is personal like the guy who the guy who was talking about being friends with michael stipe like you know he was friends with them they had another person who worked on their tour um, or worked in their management who died of cancer and like didn't you know, he like stayed home with them to like the REM kind of assigned him to like, hey, we're gonna go record here. You stay in Athens and hang out with this guy. You know, and mm. and, and be with them. Like this weird kind of like, you know, outsourcing things that are weird to outsource. Yeah. Um you know, there's it's just there's it's kind of like a general tone thing. Mm-hmm. Like lots of little stories that just kind of feel yeah, you know, kind of cranky. There's good stuff in there too. Like I mentioned in the last episode about crying and driving and like mm-hmm. There's another uh, guy who worked with them who uh, played rhythm guitar on this tour on the work tour, um, and or played extra guitar. And uh, you know the tour was going to end; he wasn't going to be able to be with them anymore. And uh, he like talked to Peter Buck because Crying and Driving needed uh, a musician for a tour, and REM kept him on retainer so we'd have insurance. Oh, while he was like toured with his other band. So there's still like kind of nice stories as well. Yeah. Uh that make them seem like good guys. But then there's stuff like that opening band thing which just like rubs me the wrong way.
0: Yeah. It's I mean it's it's disappointing, especially because we you know, <laughs> here personally, we're so invested in REM being like this working man's like yes. hey, we worked very hard and we're and we're just good and put in the time until things happen for us. <laughs> yeah, know? I wanna believe that these people who are so successful did it by
1: not doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like not cutting corners. And like I recognize this is one person's and it's corroborated in the book, but I recognize yeah, that yeah. like the truth of this could be more complicated, and it could be one yeah. management slime, you know, mm-hmm. um, who did this. But it is like just kind of the the preponderance of those stories does make it seem a little bit uneasy.
0: Yeah, uh, during it, this and, period, you know, who knows if it's a visibility thing too, also because of their success at this point. Um, you know, like just they're not not that people were fabricating it, but just that it ended up being more talked about. You yeah, know, just yeah. again, just because of you know, kind of seen inequality kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and when when we um, when, you know, I was talking about it. I think when you transition to this talking about the live performances, like the live performances, uh, the one on the CD is really really bad. Like the mm-hmm. singing is bad, yep. and the uh, the songs like there's a uh, they do I believe, and during the entire middle break, uh, Peter Buck just plays the same chord for the whole time. Like there's just <laughs> like fuckitness to it. Yeah, um, you know, on the the YouTube thing where they um for that work tour, thing, there's a part where Snipe comes out and he's just like, and it's kind of a funny joke, but he's like you know, am I singing on key and the audience answer? He's like, you know, he sets up this thing where he's like, Oh, everyone who thinks I am say yes. Everyone who says no, but there's this like affect to it. Yeah. That feels kind of like, Oh, we don't have to give a shit anymore.
0: Yeah. Like, so you know? um, on the deluxe edition of uh, of document, there's a live show on that. Uh, they do a version of it's the end of the world as we know it, like difficult song to do. Like Michael's type kind of painted himself into a corner with that, yeah. you know, recording it perfectly and then having to do it perfectly every time he fucked up. Like most of it and just kind of like mumbled and trailed off through all of it and then ended it by saying, all right, I'm going to redeem myself. And then they went, they went right into like, begin the begin.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's just interesting to see this kind of tonal shift and it, what's most interesting about it is that like, it's like they're trying on, um, being this kind of big band Mm -hmm. because the, uh, the bootleg tape that happens for green, um, which I think is tour film is excellent. Yeah, like it's like a really I think it's like one of those like classic concert movies. Like it's a really good show. It shows the band why they're appealing and they feel much more confident and less kind of jerky about it. Like Mm -hmm. it and this feels a little bit like they're they're trying that on for size and not quite doing it.
0: Yeah. And like expectations change when you're with Warner, you know, like like that is, you know, a huge change for any number of reasons. Totally.
1: Like, you know, get your get your shit together. Yeah four boys
0: <laughs> four boys <laughs> yeah um but uh but yeah so they have um this weird loose tour that all of the evidence of it is is kind of loose and bad um they have a couple of uh neat uh di- diversions though they have time after time and south central rain which get these super stripped down versions
1: when they play um, it with uh with with red uh red rain yeah and that peter gabriel song as well mm mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of, they do it as a medley. Yeah. Uh, there, it shows up as a, as a B side as well. Um, but that's, it's cool to hear. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, yeah. So that stuff is cool, but just when they, uh, <laughs> I don't know, there's something about a great live performance where it feels like it could go wrong at any minute. Um, mm-hmm. you want to exist on the edge right before that, as opposed to, uh, you know, watch the wheels come off. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep um so around this time the band started kind of swapping their instruments to avoid stagnation this is something that would be more of a thing as they went into both green and out of time uh this is what kind of led peter buck to start messing around with things like the mandolin
1: yes yeah getting kind of uh sick of their instruments and you can you can hear that it kind of comes out um this is also and we've mentioned this before in the uh the diggity duck bundle episode which you should buy if you haven't had a chance where would they go to buy uh, that gary um, why? They go to duckfeed.tv forward slash store. Yeah. Um, but you can pay $10. You can pay as much as you want. It is one show, uh, one episode of every show on the network. And you want to hear us talk about how Hindu love gods are <laughs> America's worst rock band. Um, you know, probably not. But yeah. it's it's a rough album. But interesting to talk about. Um, Buck Mills and Barry uh, ended up backing Warren Zivana on another album, Sentimental Hygiene. Yeah. Um, which we'll probably talk about at some point yeah. in some capacity, even if it's minor. Mm-hmm. Um, during maybe during the next letters column.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, it's fine. I listened listen to it. Um, it doesn't sound very much like REM, but like it is, it, it is a you know, Warren Zevon album. Yeah, I like Warren Zevon. Yeah, yep. 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 Um, around this time, also Rolling Stone labeled them as America's best rock and roll band um, and put them on the cover, saying as much. Uh, so no more convincing. Rolling Stone has weighed in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're on the cover of the Rolling Stone like that song, cover yeah. of the Rolling Stone. Yep um
1: yeah and uh michael stipe who we talked about his friendship with natalie merchant from Ten Thousand maniacs and uh he started he recorded uh some songs with her on their uh, album from this year um in my tribe i think is the name of that album mm-hmm. um and you know was developing his friendship with them and this is also when he started doing his separate bands um or a separate van to kind of go from show to show i mentioned this in the last episode where he's talking to that lady about you know, Bill Berry being like, "What do you do if the the car breaks down?"
0: <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: it's like we get him there no matter what.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Good, you
1: know, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's kind of like separating. It's not like you know, dark times. You no, know, it, in, in REM, it just kind of, you know, those guys are party dudes, and I'm I'm a weird art fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, here's the quiet bus. Here's the party bus. Like yeah. Stipe kind of couches it, saying, "Hey, they like football, and I don't," which. I don't know. Is it's a pretty fundamental difference? I think. Yeah, uh, I, I think that I think that makes
1: tons of sense. Like, I would yeah. I would rather be on the if I'm doing this kind of thing, mm-hmm. I need quiet time and like, you know, I, I would not want to be on the party bus yeah. all the time. Yeah,
0: I, I would like the ability to go back and forth on um, a switch. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yep. oh. uh my book goes into a little bit of detail saying like there was there there were rumors about Michael Stipe and Natalie Merchant uh being romantically involved. Um mm-hmm. and there was just a little bit of like, are they or aren't they, as opposed to would they or mm. w- w- will they or won't they? Um it doesn't really add up to much aside from just uh traveling together and having this uh creative collaboration.
1: Yeah. Which will which will continue for years. Yeah. Like they, you know, they, uh, they
0: will see other appearances. Yeah. And
1: 10,000 10, maniacs. I don't know if we've said it, a very good band. Yeah, and that, that album is really good. Yeah. Um, and, and if you want to find like a good starter, I think i might've said this before too, but like a good starter, 10,000 maniac song, if you think that they are super adult and tempo and you only mm-hmm. know them from, uh, these days, Yeah. um, uh, or these are the days, these days is a, a different thing. Um, there's a song called my mother, of the war. Okay, which is like super good and like kind of like vital and punk and fast in a way that like you know belies their Nelly <laughs> version solo,
0: yeah you know, stuff.
1: Um, but I, I've always had like one of my all- first tapes was the Ten Thousand Maniacs unplugged uh, <laughs> album, and like was you know I listened to that until it wore out. Like <laughs> like those guys a lot.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I dug into it when I started looking into new wave uh, in college, and then realizing, uh, yeah, that 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 is probably the side of it that i would go for it. yeah yeah yep that, that kind of pop thing before we continue this
1: is an absolute non sequitur but i have to say it okay uh so i can close the window um when i got up in the break between these episodes i opened up a browser i was looking at the av club did you see that an australian tv station looped the simpsons uh dental plan lisa need braces thing for four hours <laughs> <laughs> gary that's incredible <laughs> i love it so much <laughs> four hours for four hours like i I would have watched north of an hour of
0: that oh i mean i used to uh you know like every year is a tradition just leave the christmas story on in the background Mm. like during christmas uh, fall asleep to it and wake up to it always weirdly at the same time yeah yeah yeah. um that would be (laughs) i don't do that anymore uh dental plan lisa needs braces would be my new version of that it's so perfect (laughs) like that happened and unfortunately i take it down
1: uh the account said, uh, "Good news, bad news. Due to Facebook restrictions, we will have to stop the the stream soon. Trust <laughs> us, if we could, we'd run this forever." <laughs> Like and can you imagine there's just being a, a stream at all times yeah. of dental plan Lisa needs braces still yeah. like the two genders like the two <laughs> you know, like the two besides any argument like you know the, the two to anything like the Remus and Romulus of, of reality like yeah.
0: <laughs> dental plan and Lisa needs braces like well, oh no it, uh, yeah it definitely is there 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 is something profound um I so in the in the height of my like early college I want to be an intellectual. Kind of kind of thing, I got really into like philosophy, like anything that called itself philosophy I was into. I was at Barnes and Noble. I found a book called uh The Simpsons and Philosophy. It was like a, like mm. a, like a paperback, like the, it was a whole thing. It was like the matrix and philosophy or cheers and philosophy or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. it, it was, was just,
1: all I, uh, one of my coworkers husband wrote the walking dead and philosophy.
0: Oh, okay. Those are yeah.
1: still going. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Um, it's just a bunch of essays and stuff. I could totally see, like, I would write a joke version of it, but it would be taken seriously maybe of dental plan, Lisa needs braces, getting at something fundamental about the conflict of man's, <laughs> <laughs> of man's primal needs. <laughs> and there's there's
1: just that sense of like when you listen to something long enough where it just becomes sounds and, and loses meaning and like yeah, yeah you know it just becomes this kind of med- it's the same thing that like a, a meditation does or like a mm-hmm.
0: uh, a cone cohen yeah, oh, i, I always I say cone but
1: yeah you know but it has that same kind of property to it
0: it really does yeah uh simpson ship is one of the best things um it's a direct outpost of a uh, or it's a it's a direct result of uh frankiac which is also the best thing um, yeah, yeah. Like all of this is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really into it. Like, yeah. I really wish that, like, uh, you know, kind of apropos of the last discussion with YouTube, like, I wish that Fox would tighten their reins a little bit, <laughs> or like loosen their reins a little bit. And yeah, like, I was gonna say, you know, like, yeah. well,
0: we couldn't agree, we yeah. couldn't disagree more. <laughs> 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 you no, know, like, like, uh, would just chill out a little
1: bit because, like, you know, I feel like a certain amount of Simpsonsness just belongs to us all. Yeah, and it would be great if they, uh, they chilled out on that because. Yeah. I would love to have this for you know this infinite stream. I'd wait <laughs> like right now. My home screen on my computer is the mock up of the uh you know uh Paul Rudd uh you know routine thing from Tim and Eric. Oh, yeah, where you can click on it. You can click on Celery Man and you can click on <laughs> and, and mozzarella, and it gives you the little video and stuff. <laughs> Pretty um, good. And I would have like I would change my home screen to the the stream of Dental Plan Lisa needs Braces if it existed. Oh, of course. Yeah, you know, like
0: uh, just have a have a mute unmute button. Yeah, I yeah. mean, or or not? Like,
1: or, <laughs> just go, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, and if I ever come across uh, to take those back, if I ever come come across three hundred extra dollars, I would definitely love the Simpsons figures of Mike Mills and you know the, oh, yeah. of of the band when they when they were the uh, like they exist, they're out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Are they three? Are they expensive?
0: They're pretty costly. I think they they run between uh, fifty and eighty bucks a piece. Okay, that is spendy. Yeah. yeah, I'll keep an eye out. Like, if I, in the future, if I find an extra copy, if I find multiple ones, all like, yeah, yeah. See. No, I just uh, like uh, it, even if I just had to get a uh, a Simpsons Mike Mills, uh, like yeah. that would totally work. The jacket,
1: yeah. You know, it's, it's <laughs> like he's wearing the it's the monster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <so>, yeah.
0: <laughs> beat still my heart. Please, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, like
1: so let's, yeah, we, we, we can move on i just yeah. i had to close that
0: <laughs> no we no no like stuff. i i really appreciate it that, that that was vital this is coming out like <laughs> a month after you a month after this happens so like it's going to be preserved and i you know I, I hope people don't get too much uh too much fomo about that
1: but oh yeah yeah
0: we all messed up yeah so let's talk about the album itself uh they named the sides all funny like they do Uh, Mm -hmm. side one is page side and side two is leaf side, uh, and page side opens up with, uh, begin the begin, but bad.
1: All right. I, I, I like finest work song. Okay. I don't know Uh, that it's bad. Yeah. I, I I actually think the song is pretty good. Okay. Um, on, on, on this record, you know, by, (laughs) by judging on the curve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, um, it feels like they tried the same trick a couple too many times. Um, yeah. And uh, this, this, uh, it, 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 uh, it pales in comparison to, to, I don't, to yeah, me. I don't think it's as good as begin the begin. Right. Um, it is
1: much slower. Um, I like the backing vocals on this a lot. hmm. The finest of yeah. hours. Yeah, let's, let's, um, yeah. The, uh, you know, that, that is good. Um, and it's just kind of, uh, it's real simple mm-hmm. in a way that like, I think the difference between this and a normal, like REM song is those little breaks that they go into, like nothing really happens in them. Yeah. You know, as opposed to uh, begin the begin or any number of their songs that have like no real repeating parts. Mm-hmm. Um, this goes back and forth between the verse and the chorus, and then like a third part that kind of shuffles. But those third parts that shuffle don't do a lot. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just you know, Peter Buck yeah. you know, one. On his guitar,
0: or doing these like this really super like bell tone, um, kind of yeah. just uh just repeated, repeated kind of hit over it. yeah Yeah. um the thing that sticks out most to me about this is the is the drums they are super boomy um i just wish there was better stuff going over top of it
1: yeah i mean i like again i i I like the song definitely more than you do yeah um i I do not mind what's going over the top of this Mm -hmm. um i think this song is catchy and good and not uh in my face politically as much as it could be yeah you know as as we'll move on to like um it's also something like something i think that phrase is kind of good finest like work song fi- or yeah i think uh, yeah I, I like that as like an idea like you know finest work song yeah, yeah like as a you know a song like it's self-referential in a weird way and like that i dig mm-hmm. um into it
0: yeah yeah i mean you know we we, we, we can disagree we're fine it's yeah. like th- this is not going to be my least favorite thing on the album <laughs> people people hate us when we agree too much anyway <laughs> okay yeah. so let's, let's uh, uh, but
1: we here's what we'll agree on yeah uh finest work song lengthy club mix <laughs> What in, in what world what is this like if you haven't heard this before you owe it to yourself it's it's a b-side you yep. know it's uh like an eight minute version of this that is kind of remixed to be dancey but like
0: <laughs> only not barely only yeah. barely this is not a danceable song because it's still so plotting. like yeah there's nothing going on the the, the club mix of
1: this is is so weird it, like it,
0: it just adds like synth horn orchestra hits
1: and when spaces things out in a weird way, yeah. Like, like Michael Sype will say like a line, and then before the next line was supposed to happen, they'll just be like some, <laughs> and then like he comes in and says the next thing, and it's like, literally, what is this? And what universe is this played in a club?
0: Oh, and also, who who is it for?
1: Yeah, who is this for? What universe? You have to ask you. Where's the money? Who is this for? In what universe does this get played in a club? Explain this, please. Yeah it's um it's real bad, and uh the band like super goes the bat for this other version of it yes that is the one that's on um eponymous mm-hmm. that has like the the horns for the entire thing yeah <laughs> that i think is way worse
0: yeah it uh it, it doesn't it doesn't fit um the, the 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 tone of it at all and i think it undercuts so if you're going for a super like you know self-serious hey you know the the time to rise has been engaged you do not like put in a super jaunty yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's like hor- horns are kind of embarrassing as a thing okay. i think like if they're used, you know if it's not used sparingly like a horn section on a song
0: right right uh, uh okay. gives it
1: the sense of like a horn section on a
0: non-motown song
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah that's a you know that's it, you know, white people experimenting with horns. Okay. Like, you know, you're either a ska band, which, yeah. like, okay. go to
0: hell. <laughs> um, or Gary Superman. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: um, but, or you are making a production that I think is going to instantly sound dated. Yeah. You know, and you can, there's exceptions that like you can have like one, you know, the lone horn that shows up on in the airplane over the sea doesn't make in the airplane over the sea sound dated, mm-hmm. but a horn, like a big brass section. Yeah. You know, doing these like huge swells underneath things is kind of just like, it's a bad arrangement mm-hmm. for the horns. Um, it's it's like, this is, this is, I actually like the song a little, uh, like, you know, I like the song a lot. Mm-hmm. The two versions of it, the alternate are some of the worst things that REM has ever committed. To.
0: <laughs> and it sounds like it really sounds like it was a coin flip. Uh, between the two of them like they're the, the way they talk about it like oh it was just like our instinct or the way at the time we recorded both and decided to go with the one that didn't have the horns like they could have opened this album with that horns version hmm yeah that's um yeah
1: it's it's uh regrettable it's not the worst horn crime that's going to show up on the album either though Oh no no, no. there's an acid jazz solo later guys oh, like, Jesus. It's, like documents weird
0: fuck me um, um <laughs> So there's uh, a video for this too, we should talk about. Yeah, this was the uh, the last single off of an original album on IRS, um, and they put out a uh, a real like Billy Joel Allentown uh, kind of thing, except they're inside the factory with the with the hammers as opposed to outside the factory. It's mildly less homoerotic than <laughs> the,
1: it's, it, it's, it's, it's also the last of like that school of REM video, though. Yes. Like the like montage REM video, and the other uh, videos on this album are more standard and uh will become more interesting so like we'll probably spend more time talking about the videos with this album moving onward because it's no longer just going to be like what if there was
0: some stock footage Mm -hmm. yeah like like this is just what if people were in a fire and metal factory
1: yes so the the video is not great and it's it's real on the nose because it's a work song you know it has work song in the title and stuff like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's super on the nose
0: yeah that's it's 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 one step (laughs) they, they take one step as opposed to a couple yeah um welcome to the occupation. Uh so this is the third in the hey it's fucked up what we're doing in Central America trilogy. Uh mm. following Green Grow the Rushes and also uh the Flowers of Guatemala. Um it is a fairly standard REM kind of song. It's very soft, very pretty, definitely the uh uh the most, let's say, just beautiful song on here. Like it's yeah, um I don't know. I I I Gary I used all my all my adjectives. Like, I I don't I I don't know I have a
1: different experience with this song like I think that the um the verse parts of this are barkier than that to, mm-hmm. than to be like a standard aria like you know or more percussive like that here we stand and here there's like a like a stilted rhythm to it
0: here that doesn't Here we sound, stand and here we yeah. fight yeah
1: yeah like it that doesn't sound um yeah. like standard rme to me
0: yeah I, so like i'm thinking about that kind of combined with a like like that usual cadence that they use that, that 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 they do yeah. with us like it's varied it 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 doesn't fall into like the latter half of Life's rich pageant kind of you know doldrum kind of stuff i i'm using that in a in a really like thumbs up positive way i
1: suppose yeah it's not it's not as it's more dynamic yeah than that, like yeah, it's uh, it's just it's hard. I mean, maybe judging on a curve, this is softer and prettier than Document, mm-hmm. but it's I don't think of this as soft and pretty like like the flowers of Guatemala is soft no, and pretty, no.
0: or definitely like anything, you know, or
1: green like growth anything I'm about, yeah, Green Grow the Rushes or like a lot of their kind of softer songs. Um, the uh, but it is it is you know that mid tempo. Mm-hmm. It's probably this and Disturbance of the Heron House are kind of like the mid tempo REM songs. Yeah, on this, um. But I like the song. All right.
0: Yeah, this... Uh,
1: this is this is this is not too bad. Like it's, um, you know, it's got good backup vocals, as we mentioned. And like that main verse melody, I think, is actually really good.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, yeah. The, the chorus harmonies uh, where I think it's uh, Mike Mills who uh, who rises while uh, while Mike Mills falls. And they kind of have that mm-hmm. dissonance in the middle, uh, you know, saying welcome to the occupation. Uh, it's very good, and like this is a time where I think the music is like shored up enough for the uh, for for the relative specificity and on the noseness of it to of, of the lyrics to to kind of land for me. Like saying, "Hey, fire on the hemisphere below!" Like that is a talking about an actual thing, but B, like evocative enough, and paired with this very dark music to make it really land for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't think this is too much yeah. because that fire on the, the hemisphere below thing is just kind of foreboding without being specific. Yeah. You know, um, he's got the, the line in this part where he talks about an annotated history. Mm-hmm. And when I was young, I always heard it as a uh, add a tainted history.
0: OK, that could also. And help. I was
1: like, oh, like that. You know, And it actually works like, yeah, just fine. Do <laughs> to, to <laughs> it. Um, is what I always thought. Yeah. And there's some weird uh, kind of like um, controversy with the lyrics yeah uh the the passage where they talk about it in the book i have is embarrassing where it's like you know because it's played up and it's it's like you know bill Barry being like man you know michael's usually pretty good but sometimes i just think he goes too far uh you know he had this this line here where he says like hang your freedom fighters uh you know and i told him i was like no no way like that's too much but then genius that he was he changed it to hang your freedom higher and it's like the whole thing is just like we like guys like this is yeah. you guys are talking about this like it's heart surgery (laughs) you know like like this is like the greatest human account like you're you're dissecting this like it's Uh, granica
0: yeah and and then like the so the book that i read it went on and like there's a there's a whole other paragraph of like michael stamp equivocating saying like i i in no way do i I I like a
1: painting yeah like a painting like
0: in 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 no way do i support which which were the wrong ones the contras i I don't know that anybody was really right and i don't know Fuck this. I'm doing a South Park thing. Um, but he was like, oh, I, d- I don't support like the the, the the weird American forces down there. Um, I literally just meant like hang your freedom fighters. And he liked the dual, the dual version of that. Hang them like a painting or, you know, hang them. Yeah. You know, for their crimes kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very funny just for like Bill Berry to be like, "No way, like that's too far,"
0: <laughs> you know. It's just kind of a, a strange, strange thing. Okay, so we can we can walk this back and say it's too far, or like that—that's just way too direct. Like that, like that is a bad lyric.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it wouldn't have been. It wasn't it wasn't a good lyric beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to call it a genius now that's hang your freedom higher. No, no. Um, you know, but it's it's it doesn't make the song suffer. Right or anything from it or anything. This um this song has this uh uh one thing to note too before we move on. So like that was kind of like again, really embarrassing. Um, the end of this like the plaintiff like listen to me Mm -hmm. right at the end is great. I think that's like a really good REM moment. Yeah. Um, because because it because it fades
0: out as he's doing it. Like listen to me as he gets quieter and quieter and like fades fades behind again. This you know kind of like dark you know low register kind of guitar arpeggiation.
1: Yeah. And just his, his voice breaks mm-hmm. you know during a bunch. Like I I'm always gonna be into really, really straining Michael's type.
0: Yeah. You no. Know?
1: Yep. Um third song, uh Exhuming McCarthy. This is such a weirdo. This is this is real weird. I like this song. I'm into um, I mean, it. it's I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't hate this. It's um it's real bisected for me, where like I th- I like the bubblegum verse parts a lot. The mm-hmm. funky break I don't think is particularly good. <laughs> Yeah. You know, which is, it's just kind of the thing, but the beginning of the, the marching, you know, you know, that part of it, uh, I think is really catchy and good. Yeah. And, and that's also when the lyrics are good. Like I like Mm -hmm. this, you know you're sharpening stones and walking on coals to improve your business acumen <laughs> yeah. is a good lyric.
0: Yeah. And like, it's like repeated over and over again. Like, so they're writing this about, you know, these weird little business seminars that people would go on. Like we're going to walk on coals as team, team building things. Like mm-hmm. I just imagine the song they would write a burning man was a thing. At that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and then I like this uh, cause then, you know, then it talks about, uh, you know, moving on like that, you know, it goes up a register Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we started talking about and I love uh, referencing landed gentry (laughs) in in reference to this kind of stuff, because that's, you know, that's the kind of class consciousness that I can like generally get on board with.
0: Yeah. So this is up there in terms of like, we're just saying the names of things that we don't like. On the noseness, but combined with like the super poppiness of it and, you know, just making Mm -hmm. it sound like this really frivolous kind of goofy, bouncy, like you can't get there from here. But what but with a political edge kind of kind of feeling to it uh, makes it work for me in a way that it otherwise wouldn't, you know, like, let's just make it kind of funky and, you know, throw in audio samples from McCarthy.
1: You know, the, the funky part is what kills it for me. Yeah. Because it's like the verses are good, you know, and it gets, you know, real big and he does the you know, buy America and then it does that thing and this Michael I love Mike Mills, but the like it's a sign of the times. Like I, I just Yeah, you know, it it doesn't work for me. I think I like I think that mm-hmm. part of the song should be excised. Yeah. Um I don't know what should go there instead. It has to be something. Yeah. But like I that's the part I think is doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like I don't know. And just like that lyric is is very on the nose as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sign of the times.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It, it sure is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah.
0: And and this is an album that is like surrounded by stories of, yeah, we saw people who were drunk on the streets and, you know, we thought they were dead and like, think about how terrible it is. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Um, I don't know that it's a, it, it's an especially potent thing. That stuff yeah. was all over in the
1: eighties. Like there's yeah. just
0: that like wave again, like that wave of consciousness
1: on the streets. Yeah. 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 Um, the, uh, so, and then, uh, I like the way that this, uh, so then there's the break, as we mentioned that, uh, part with the thing from the trial, um, that's there goes yeah. back in with the horns. Um, the actual end of the song I think is really good too. Uh, yeah. I always feel like, I don't know that this is actually, you know, what the content it is, but the, uh, this, the line where he's like, you know, you've seen the start and you've seen the quit. I always <laughs> thought of you
0: as quick. Like, I feel yeah. like
1: that's like, that feels like a burn to me yeah in, in a real good way. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. And uh, super quiet at the end as they, uh, again, as they go out uh, on the Exumi McCarthy in the background to say, Meet meet me at the book burning. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so, so this whole thing, I can, I can really get down with it. And it, it actually kind of feels appropriate is still because we said it in the first episode but like we started the series right after trump got elected they were reacting to this reagan this reagan style american exceptionalism and contrasting it with kind of like reviving the red scare and just kind of like you know just this witch hunt that was happening because hey you know it's everything uh everything right is back again you know mm-hmm. so like yeah. i'm super down with it and i kind of feel like it's still it still works today yeah, for, for for as dated as the production is, yeah, the, the, you know, the production
1: are. is dated, and some of the the stuff is a little bit too direct. But it yeah. is, you know, they're reacting to similar anxieties that we're, you know, to what we're having.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, One time get done with. Yeah, I think this is. Uh, I think this is good. Like it is. It is super weird. Um, it feels like a novelty song, but uh, but it, it six a landing for me.
1: It's just. It's also nice to not have everything be so like. <sighs> this song is really centrifugal. Where it's like centrifugal. Where it's like. A lot of things are real dark and serious. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of things are like straight up super goofy. Mm-hmm. And the points in between are kind of rare. Yep. You know, and especially on the first side, the last, the second side has more kind of weirdo. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you look at something like fireplace, which is just like really dark and serious. And then, you know, but then it's like this and, and strange, you know, like like yeah. pop up and it's in the roles, you know, it, which make things, you know, it's, it's real, real black and white. Yeah. I think maybe that was the point. <laughs> um, disturbance at the Heron house um is another song (laughs) Um,
0: yeah it was very funny to read about michael stipe uh talking about this because uh this is i i think i i like the lyrics in the song quite a bit actually Mm -hmm. um you know they're 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 properly vague properly mysterious and they're
1: journalistic yes like it's dialogue it's not Mm -hmm. uh you know it's not just saying things like it's It's interesting. It's it's like prose.
0: Yeah. Um. And, and Michael said was like, I think this might have been an art fuck move saying this is the most obvious thing I've ever written. I don't understand why people think this is a mystery.
1: This is the fourth time he said so that about a song though on the show, <laughs> yeah. like, he keeps doing that, you know, and then like he's like, "Oh, somebody got it, and I hugged him in the street, like yeah. that's a real that's a real type thing,
0: yeah, 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 but uh like his stated intent with this is a, is to talk about like a dire outlook on free will. I don't know that I see it to, you know see that, I think that it is just you know it it is uh it you know very a little bit on the nose talking about like, hey, the followers of chaos are out of control, like okay, that is there, that is the through line,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's um. I I think that this uh by kind of telling a story with this and using mm-hmm. kind of dialogue and and having uh this narrative section to it, it is the probably the only song that avoids that kind of like too direct, too much directness. Yeah, that's on the album. Um, I wish it was musically more exciting. To me, yeah. like I don't. I, I think the song is just kind of like stock standard REM. It's it's pretty straight up the middle for them. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean. It, this is something where the lyrics actually do elevate it a little bit for me, but not enough to make it like something I want to jam to. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, I I I, I I I can see that. How about that title though? Like that—that that sounds like a uh, a rejected title for a uh, for a Lovecraft story. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and like the idea, like
1: there's not that's not a thing, right? You know, it's not disturbance at the national monument. Like, that, <laughs> that's referenced. You know, they talk about that essentially. Like it evokes this idea. Um, it actually reminds me a lot of um, belong. Um, hmm. which is going to come up on a time where it's like, you know, those creatures jump, like it's that woman, you know, those creatures jump the barricades, they're heading towards the sea. Like it's that journalistic, like describing a disaster
0: yeah, yeah. thing.
1: And uh, with this song, um, one of the things that comes up in the book is he talks about uh, when he does these apocalyptic songs, how he dreams a lot in those terms. Like he has a dream about like blasted cityscapes and ruin, yeah. you know, and, and he like, talks about how it's like he can, in those dreams, he can, um kind of close up on small details and and you know kind of has this photographic memory for it. Yeah. Um and you see it come up like in these things and I love that detached like just describing in an in an impersonal voice what's
0: happening. Yeah. Well, I mean it's like um yeah. feeling gravity's pull. You know, we yeah, we, we yeah. saw that it's, it's like that, that that's entirely a song about that.
1: Yeah. And I and I love that. Like I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Uh I just wish that the song was a little catchier. Yeah, uh, no. there, there's an annotation on Genius um, that is unreviewed, but it is upvoted. So who knows? Um, they're saying that Heron House uh, is a possible pun on a German word, uh, uh, Herrenhaus, H-E-R-R-E-N-H-A-U-S, uh, which is uh, like a manor house or a mansion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? I, I like Heron House talking about the bird too. Yeah, like it's a it, it is a good a good dual meaning. Yeah. No, I mean you just like birds. Like it doesn't it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any more it doesn't, just more, like bird. It doesn't yeah, it's doesn't not that make, it makes more sense, it's more evocative. Do
1: you, do you think it I maybe mean, it doesn't make more sense that it would have a bird thing? I think you're just happy because birds are getting <laughs> I,
0: Like why I would really, there be this political
1: uprising at a place for birds?
0: Oh, uh, no, I mean like it, like I I'm picturing a house that is like it's the name of the place, it's the heron house. You know, like that's just what they call it, like Mount Vernon. Like this is the yeah. heron house. Yeah. Yeah. I do like birds. Like, I do not appreciate you minimizing. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't just use yeah. that to hand wave away me liking anything related to a bird, please, just, Gary. Just, just enjoying the fact that birds are getting their due. Get
1: <laughs> Why are people like, talking about birds? Like, hey, hey, guys.
0: Hey, kids. <laughs> I'm talking about birds? <laughs> A part um, of the bird lobby, yeah. <laughs> which I guess would be the National Audubon Society. Yeah, well, I guess I could. I don't know. Maybe I'll yeah, you could, them. Yeah, you could. You could make that happen. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't already. Uh, me too. Like, actually, yeah, yeah. Like...
1: <laughs> um, let's talk about strange. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a weird one. Yeah. Um, I when I growing up, I didn't know this was a cover. No. Um, it doesn't sound like REM. No, no. Um, it does also doesn't sound like the original at all. No. Um, so this is a Wire song, uh, which is an admitted influence on REM. Yeah. Like you know, we talk about them having songs that are kind of like Wire. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the original version of this, which I hadn't heard until I was doing research for the show, because mm-hmm. um, like it's like I I like the idea of Wire, but I don't, you know, I I don't go in deep on it. Yeah. Like yeah. there's other bands that are kind of contemporary at that that I like actually listen to more. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've listened to more Minutemen than Wire. Like yeah. I listened to more Husker Du than Wire. Like for some mm-hmm. reason Wire hasn't super done it for me or or enticed me. So I didn't really know the song. Mm-hmm. Um it is a weird song.
0: Yeah. It's uh, uh it's super sludgy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm kind of into it, actually.
1: I think I like the REM version of this better. I think right. like reimagining it as a as like a bubblegum song is kind of
0: more fun. Mm-hmm. To
1: me. Yeah. Um, at least it, it feels subversive to take this thing that's like very <laughs> serious. You
0: oh, know? So, so certainly. Like they're different enough that both of them can exist. And yeah. like I, to, to to me, I can see them both as being pretty like equally valid.
1: Yeah. 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 I think I think the thing that kills me with the original version I don't like is the vocal. Like mm-hmm. he's got this real sneering kind of sour. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Stipe oh. is definitely uh, uh, picking that up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, a, he he does a night yeah. like it, it does have that kind of it's, like it's, nasal.
0: A, it's incredibly nasal even for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the backing vocals on this. Um, it's a very simple song. You know, it just kind of goes back and forth a couple of times. Um, but the backing vocals are uh, are, are great as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like this like boogie woogie piano that just kind of picks up uh, at a couple of points. Uh, and it's always kind of nice when it shines through.
1: Yeah. I like how the vocal, uh, vacuum vocals are, it reminds me again, like that bubble gum. It's like a sixties thing where it's like, bit it, bit it." you know, it makes it sound like a mama's the papa song or something yeah, like yeah.
0: That sounds like Superman you know? to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, which is, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like the song just fine. Yeah. Um, um, we, yeah. we've kind of glossed over this, but this album has solos, Gary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, for, for, for better or worse. Like
0: yeah. there are solos like. You know,
1: I'm not a big fan of the guitar solo in general. I think that eh. R.E.M. is better when it's like, let's just do a thousand different parts rather than yeah, yeah. replace one of those parts with some guitar wank.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't want to listen to a song and then just immediately say and spotlight on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, but it, it is it is in line with them being slightly more conventional.
0: Yeah, you know, with this record. So oh. um, I really, really want to talk about it's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, yeah. So this is the last song on uh, the side um
1: and this was um the second single i want to say yeah uh, the first one was
0: one i love yeah um and this is great this is one of my favorite rem songs oh my gosh like so my story of getting into rem i probably heard uh losing my religion on the radio like driving in the car with my mom when she when she wasn't playing garth brooks or whatever um but like getting the tommy boy soundtrack and listening to this just over and over again because it was featured in the one scene where they didn't know the lyrics yeah. Um, but just like, yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to learn these lyrics and I'm going to listen to it over and over again, just laying, laying in bed. Um, and it is still one that I go back to. It feels so REM and I feel crazy. Gary, I feel like I am just like blowing hot air by saying good things about the song. Everybody knows.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, maybe, I think most people like this song. Like, I yeah. think this
0: is, you know,
1: if anything, like people wouldn't be sick of it, but it's not, yeah. uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty hard to dislike. I think it's really yeah. charming. Yeah. Um and it is uh it's nice because it's not uh it's the opposite of everything on document. Yep. <laughs> like it's not it doesn't take itself seriously. The lyrics are non-literal. No. Um you know, it is uh pretty straightforward as far as verse and chorus and it mm-hmm. the chorus is this huge soaring catchy thing mm-hmm. that they kind of stopped doing. Like yeah. the one I love, which is the next song, it has a big chorus that is this plaintive keen. Uh <laughs> this is, you know, uh really a dynamic melody like yeah it comes through with a nice counterpoint mm-hmm. in the backing vocal uh which is like i like to you know if i'm if i do this karaoke or something like every once yep. in a while you throw in that backing vocal instead yeah. of the uh P- the main vocal
0: P- picture being a nine to eleven year old quiet boy who hears a song where a key lyric is it's time i had some time alone yeah <laughs> like yeah this uh this resonates with me a lot
1: yeah, it's it's extremely good. Like, I think this is a really, really good song. I my uh, high school band covered this. and I learned how to how to sing it and like nice. learn the lyrics and yeah. memorize them. Um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> super good. It's it's funny because we did, um, you know, when we heard the early versions of Bad Day, mm-hmm. uh, which is also, you know, it's similar to this. It's not the, so, the, the, so
0: they both share a similar antecedent, which is a song called PSA.
1: I think PSA is just an alternate title for a bad day. Okay. Um I think it's the same song. Yeah. Um, uh, but the uh they're not I don't think they're so similar that they both couldn't have existed. Mm-hmm. And it's both a direction that I like RM I going in. You know, I don't yeah. know. Like I think this just kind of works for me. Yep. Uh in, in a way that I can imagine people thinking this is like children's music or something. Like if someone <laughs> was gonna not like this, it would be dismissing it for being too
0: light. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but then if you if you listen to what he's actually saying, he just des- he's describing horrifying things.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's another kind of apocalyptic.
0: Yeah. You I mean, know, obviously. It,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, I like the
0: video for this a lot too. Oh, it's so good.
1: Um, like, this is yeah. the first video that I like from REM.
0: Oh yeah, like it. Uh, it doesn't have a story, but it has interesting imagery and it has a through line, as opposed yeah. to just being like overlays and fuckery.
1: Yeah, like it's a gangly teen <laughs> who is in a, like a, a ruined shack in the middle of nowhere, kind of mm-hmm. going through the junk in the shack.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just picking it up. Like a dog shows up, and it looks like he's yeah. seeing <laughs> Leonard Bernstein
1: yeah and the dog is friends with him yeah and then he he gets a skateboard and tries to do some skate tricks really kind of embarrassingly and like Mm -hmm. it's really endearing the same way like a teen can be like a a baby deer (laughs) yeah you
0: know yeah it's really just real real uh real gawky i love the way it opens up with uh somebody doing the uh the opening drum rolls on a on a globe oh yeah yeah
1: yeah like it kind of you know it's a a really good video i think like again i think this is the first good rem video
0: yeah, um, like we just described the entire story, but it is just cool imagery, like looking at neat detritus in a ruined place.
1: It's kind of a, an interesting counterpoint to their like, let's do some stock footage because it's still kind of montage mm-hmm. theory stuff, you know, well, where but it's like, but it's like, like mostly a stuff.
0: mostly single shots in a, in a similar environment.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's not um, it's not stock footage because the stuff is has a blandness to it <laughs> that isn't like a studied, you know, blandness that like stock footage has. Yeah. where it's like here's an anvil like it's like no this is like actually just kind of like a lot of it's just garbage yeah you know and it it actually does the thing that you want to do with montage theory which i stuff or montage stuff like i don't know if it's specifically theory but like montage stuff which is recontextualize something yeah based on its surroundings and this i think actually works yeah
0: and like there's like Uh, rem stuff like mixed in with the garbage too yeah
1: yeah like posters and stuff
0: yeah um yeah yeah um so initially like peter buck hated this specifically because of uh michael stipe's uh delivery you know, saying, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just it is it is such a departure. He eventually would turn around and say, like, yeah, it's kinda like subterranean homesick blues. Um mm-hmm. I, I really don't like the way Stipe describes his vocals on this. Like, I want it to be completely the most bombastic bombastic vocal that I could possibly muster. Something that would completely overwhelm you and drip off of your shoulders and stick to your hair like bubblegum. Gary, is Michael Stipe describing his cum? Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what he's
1: describing. Yeah. I, I it's it's definitely like Every you know, when somebody describes themselves really seriously, yeah, like in that respect, like it always, I just feel like, yeah, it's a little, I bit. don't know, like let somebody else do that. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, I don't know,
0: yeah, yeah. like
1: that, that's like like a music critic and could do that, yeah, and write that if they wanted to, but you shouldn't do it to yourself, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, I love the song. It's it's interesting too because that uh, Peter Buck hating the um the vocal delivery and stuff, the kind of cramming in as many words as possible into it, because the song is actually. Uh, the chord changes are really slow. Mm-hmm. Like he he is doing, you know, you can imagine, uh, one of the things about those out of time demos, and we'll get to this when we get to out of time is it really sheds tons of light on, uh, the band and how they write songs because they're not demos like, Hey, we went in the studio to cut demo versions of the songs. They're the tapes that the rest of the band made for Snipe to listen to, to come up with lyrics to. Yeah. And you get to finally hear those recordings and, you know, I've read reference that's like that's how they write songs like the three mm-hmm. musicians get together make a thing and then give it to Stipe and Stipe comes up with some words yeah like um, the, like, and the, you could,
0: when, like in the later part of their career they would live apart from each other and just mail tapes around
1: yeah you know just like this is you know and the uh, you could see Peter Buck being like this you know this is a you know a G for a long time and then a <laughs> D for a long time and in, I was expecting that to be like slower vocal takes mm-hmm. you know like uh, put in 12 words in there instead of you know Thirty <laughs> sixty four, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, um, so. and you can hear this in the demo. Like there, there are no vocals. It is just like everybody, but Michael Stipe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's good.
0: Like, like it's it great a great song.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, leaf side is the second side of this mm-hmm. and begins with their biggest single uh, to date, um, which is a song I have never liked. Uh, even when you yeah, know before I was sick of it, I've always thought this is a bad,
0: boring song. It's uh it's fine so we're talking about the one I love yes um so this is a song that everybody misunderstands. it's like hey ya or uh you know I, well, what is that uh, I, I would don't, do don't anything. stand so
1: close to me or uh, uh um, bored,
0: bored in the USA yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um it's a it, it's 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 a love song by a sociopath uh, is, yes. is is uh is what the lyrical content of this is it's very uh repetitive um, And I think that pays off in, oh, the, fi- yeah. in the final uh, in the final verse variation. Uh, Michael Stipe thought that it was way too brutal to record. So, like, there's a line in the first, like, couple versions of the verse where, like, hey, you know, like, you're a simple prop to oc- occupy my time. You know, the verse goes and goes and goes. And then the last one is another prop is occupy my time. So people were playing this for, like, the first song at their weddings, not understanding that it was about using somebody and then leaving them by the road- roadside.
1: Yes, which is fine, um, but there's not <laughs> enough here um, remotely, like I think that if you want to talk about that, like you just, i just i don't know, like he just says it six times, and that's the song, yeah, like this is way too simple to be good <laughs> um, and both parts of it, I think, are boring,
0: both like parts. I think so, that the, so the verse and then the uh, the fire yeah. yeah,,
1: I don't like either of those parts, yeah, um, I think the like the fire part uh is fine, I guess, but it it just it doesn't have that like you know again r e m like there's seventeen parts in the song mm-hmm. it's kind of complicated moves it doesn't move anywhere like it it just feels like uh it's just gonna go back and forth between these two parts that are very slow and only have a couple chords, and then it's gonna end, yeah, you know, um, I don't know, yeah, I think this song is really boring,
0: yeah, so, um, I like the guitar part an awful lot. Um, just because it does a, an awful lot with very little, if you look at the, uh, the tablature the chords for it, uh, it is a lot of kind of just messing around on open strings with it, um, kind of mm-hmm. creating these, uh, it feels almost like a throwback to the way that Peter Buck would play guitar on the really, really early stuff where like a, a good number of the, a good number of the notes that he hits are just open EMB, um, yeah. as he, uh, is kind of messing around with it, um. And so for that, I really, I really like it a lot. I think the bass kind of activates, but the thing that everybody's paying attention to and the thing that like is brought forward the most is the vocal delivery, which once you know the trick, it, uh, it, it wears very, very thin. I agree with that.
1: I, I mean, for sure. Like the, the, the trick is, but he says it like right away, like the trick happens real soon, you know, it's not, I think that like, you know, another prop versus a simple prop thing that comes along is not as maybe revelatory. As it as it needs to be like calling somebody a prop and then saying like, hey, I've got a new prop like they're both, you know, they're both <laughs> ca- calling somebody a prop implies that there will eventually be another prop because they're yeah. just a prop. Yeah, it's already done the burn. It's mm-hmm. already done the devastating lyric. Yeah, The new one that comes along doesn't recontextualize the early one enough for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I always like when growing up and, and everything and like a lot of people being way into the song, like always kind of bum me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for R.E.M. and just me, just being like no the is driver eight like you know there's like
0: <laughs> yeah they, they do yeah. they do much
1: better songs than this like mm-hmm. you know that and and it's so uh, uh, counter to like those early R.E.M. values of like this is going to be this is going to move this is going to sound kind of like edgy and twitchy and like this is so far apart from the part of the band that is uh, the chronic town part of the band mm-hmm. that's like if we slow down we'll die you know and that's so important to me like this is just uh it's weird it's like the first like heavy but slow song uh i mean it's like feeling gravity's pull but that's such a different beast i
0: mean yeah but this is the first heavy but slow one that like they would eventually become to be you know come to be known for and that it only has two parts yeah
1: you know it's like it's it's a verse a chorus and a and a uh, solo Mm -hmm. you know i don't know it's just this is too simple for me it feels too simple to be good
0: yeah um, um and you know and like kumbaya was... <laughs> you know? yeah I, I don't know if i feel as strongly about it as you do it like in the pantheon of rem singles like this is this is down there for me but mm-hmm. like if anything you know and i feel like i said my piece about the guitar part and then it's also the tone i would much prefer this as like an instrumental more than anything i guess yeah yeah
1: yeah it would be cool like i think that if um the parts that are in here could be for me, and this is, you know, what do I know? This was a chart-topping single, but, like, for me could have been uh, salvaged into a song I liked by just adding more. Yeah. yeah. Having these be parts of a larger whole would be kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. both of these parts would be a cool outro to a song that was a little bit, you know, or, like, the fire part could be, like, a cool outro. Yeah, yeah. To something, you know? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think the video for this is really embarrassing, too. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> Um like, I, I didn't realize this until somebody pointed it out in Slack. Alden Brown of uh Good Eats Fame and also Cutthroat Kitch- Cutthroat Kitchen was the director of photography. So he was not responsible for the content of what we saw. No, mm-hmm. he was responsible for making the director's desires look acceptable on film. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is very that's a what a weird career path that guy's had.
0: <laughs> yeah. The,
1: um, the video is like it's some of like just kind of like you know, footage of the band playing with lightning strikes superimposed, like lots of kind of my first video tricks. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of a narrative between two people. Like if, uh, if you want to show two people in a video and I know this is true for the eighties, but I bet you it's true for now. Um, I wonder if there's a way to make their haircuts not look dated as fuck like 30 years from now. Cause both these guys, like this guy, like the, the chorus parts where it superimposes his face on her face and he's doing that, like. <laughs> uh, falling to his knees like darth vader like fire like and he's he,
0: you yeah, know yeah, yeah, screaming
1: yeah. to the heavens like i just think it's embarrassing i don't know yeah <laughs> like, uh the, the
0: the trick might be take whatever a current hairstyle is and then just like r- rewind it about 20 years
1: mm. i think that
0: There's might gotta be, be a the...
1: formula yeah but like it's just like this poodle haired woman this like you know super super dorky sleeveless shirt guy pining after each other yeah in this video
0: yeah, um, uh, intercut with footage of statues and people dancing in windows.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I, it doesn't work for me. I, like, I don't think it's a good video. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, huge hit though. Like, mm-hmm. it's important. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he there's that part where it's like people. You know, he'd see he'd look out. There's a story where he talks about people not getting the lyrics, like we talked about, and like looking out onto seas of people and having couples like kiss and hold hands to it.
0: Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's the born in the usa problem like we said yeah yeah
1: which uh but didn't drive him crazy like you know nobody getting disturbance of the heron house did you yeah. know or for some reason mm-hmm. but probably because if you didn't if you like literally you had to be so willfully ignorant to think of this as a love song like it's really <laughs> clearly articulated
0: yeah um you don't, <laughs> you don't refer
1: to people you love as a prop
0: no, no, like you, like you, literally just hear the uh, the, the 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 first line. Uh, there's a there's a great video of Meatloaf explaining the uh, the line from uh, like, you know I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Like saying he is infuriated by people saying, I don't understand what that is. You know, either saying that it's, you know, anal sex or, you know, like killing a person or something like that. And then he like spends 10, 10 minutes explaining and breaking down the entire verse is saying things that somebody is asking him to do or would be natural to do in that situation. But then entering with the refrain of I would do anything for love, but I won't do those very things that I just said. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, um, you have to listen to verses, people. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be like the dork that I was as a young kid reading liner notes, like, you know, resting in between like two two stereo speakers that you put up on either side of your head like mm-hmm. I like I did. Uh, but just a little bit of context would be really good. It that reminds me of there's
1: um you know those uh that YouTube series that like everything wrong with? YouTube series? Yeah, yeah. Or, or like those are like the, the cinema sins things. Yeah, um, yeah. Those things are pretty obnoxious. And mm-hmm. there's a guy who does uh, breakdowns of those. Um, <laughs> he and does it's really counter great. critiques? Yes. <laughs> and they're great. There's four of them, I think, now. Um, he does it for uh, Age of Ultron. Um, the Last of Us, the video game, because somebody did a CinemaSins thing of that. Okay. Um, but uh, Sherlock Holmes and another one, I can't remember. But the thing is, is that half the things where someone's like, this doesn't make sense, is explained like a second you know, before or afterwards. Yeah. Like, if you actually pay attention to the work,
0: the answer's right there. Yeah, if you weren't diving for your fucking phone to take a note exactly yeah or you
1: know to make some like shitty joke about mostly misogyny like i didn't realize how yeah.
0: much of those things are just like
1: you know scarlet black widow is a worthless bitch it's like <laughs> you know that's essentially the joke on um, on most of those yeah so yeah it's no. uh it's
0: uh um, yeah, it's it's no good it's irritating um,
1: those things suck. you know what else is no good fireplace fireplace <laughs> um this this is a, here's a rough one no uh... um, yeah, like, <laughs> no is, I, I wish you yeah. hadn't rem yeah yeah so this is uh you know super super dull and repetitive lyrics mm-hmm. um just like you know crazy crazy world right? yeah sure is it's a sign of the times um <laughs> crazy crazy times um, you know, it, it's like, it's a lot. Why did they put this next to the one I love? Because it's really... the same fucking structure. <laughs> stop doing this, R.E.M. This isn't you. <laughs> like, I'm your friend I'm not going to let you do this. You, you just did it over and over again. Yeah, well... like, stop doing these two-part songs that just go back and forth between two parts. Like, you're better than this. Yeah, it's That's
0: boring. It's so dull. It is so dull. And also, if you're going to do that, uh, might I suggest never using a saxophone? And not having an acid jazz
1: sax solo. With, yeah, uh, you, you, your song.
0: Honestly, you might as well have just dropped trow and shit in the middle of my back seat <laughs> as I was driving to work.
1: Or like, the middle of your back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like. I mean, some people pay good money for that, but. It, it's yeah. Just, but yeah, was like I I forgot because you know I'm going to go through this on a, on a whole thing I'm like oh this is totally a skipper, uh, and so yeah. and, and so is the next one like you know oh, the
1: next song is really bad. Oh, yeah, but, I'm glad we're on the same page with that because like yeah. These, these two are rough. Like, and the thing about Fireplace is that, like, I, the, the, you know, the not crazy, crazy times. It's like, you know, hang up your chairs to bear sweep, clear the floor to dance, you know, throw the walls into the fireplace. Like, those are individually good lines yeah. with nothing surrounding them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if I the whatever song, alternate universe those lines came from of another song. Yeah. I want that song.
0: It, it it feels like they just, like, you know, grabbed a portal to the future, made a Markov chain, like, did did, like, a deep learning kind of thing, and then just, like, input dirge. Like just give yeah. me a dirge.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like, yeah, it's 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 a it's an extremely bad song with a really bad solo in the middle of it. Yeah, um, Lightning Hopkins is super fucking embarrassing. Yeah, uh, these like these woes that again, I, like I I keep thinking of you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing, um, so it's, it's it's this this drum like, you know, <laughs> and then this like super super reverb like a bunch of dudes. Doing this, like, this, uh, uh, you know, O chorus, mm-hmm. this kind of own thing.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I, Gary, I think literally the, like, this is the only good part of it, the O's. It's, I mean, it's, it's
1: fine. I think it sounds really dated, is the thing.
0: Yeah. It's like good, but it doesn't sound like, it sounds really 80s. Oh, oh, it it sounds really 80s. It doesn't sound like Michael Skype. (laughs) Michael Skype. Michael Skype. (laughs) It doesn't sound like Michael Skype, uh, like singing a character as Sonic the fucking Hedgehog.
1: Well, yeah. The the actual verse and, and the lyrics to this are extremely bad too. Oh, yeah. I
0: mean, I mean, Um, they're, they're, they're admittedly just fucking nonsense, which nonsense would be fine if it was, again, paired with something better. (laughs) <laughs> Which is what happens in the next song. Like yeah. all these
1: songs are, tra- are segueing really well into each other. I don't want to move on from Lightning Hopkins. <laughs> l- no, l- no. L- 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 like, um, so the uh, so the, that O part is is kind of good. I think it sounds dated. Again, I want to see the song it surrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, when the actual like verses come into this, um, it it is it is too sneery and empty to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, this album and a little bit the last album, like, where I'm starting to feel, like, these are albums that don't have enough... I mean, the last album did have enough A-plus songs to make the album. Yeah. They just didn't use them. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, let's, you know, let's throw in some kind of, like, some nothing songs instead of, like, developing, you know, a theme from Two Steps Onward or something. Mm -hmm. This, those songs don't even exist. Like, there's not outtakes to this. The only B-side that isn't a remix or something like that is a cover. (laughs) Um, So, it's like... The, I feel like in a sense, like they didn't have enough songs to do this record. No, so we have to do uh, Pyroplays and Lightning" Hopkins, <laughs> uh, which are like I think really bad songs.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't know a last side of this that was just the one I love, "King of Birds" and not Fellows Local One Hundred and One. You know, <laughs> there would
1: be like, there would be like an eight song album though, and like yeah, it, know,
0: it, it, make, it, make it make it an EP. You're fine. Lots of bands do do a mid do a mid career EP. <laughs> yeah Yeah.
1: i mean like there's too much you know at stake for that with where they're in a band yeah i I wish they would just slow down enough to write some songs yeah you know um and then it would have helped with this kind of uh the seaminess of this record um you know that kind of like highs and lows kind of thing i
0: just i i just think that if they did anything other than these two songs like like for for all of the sins of, you know, the other songs that we talked about and, you know, we've been, we've been, re- I mean, not, not unkind, but we have been relatively unforgiving, I think, um, mm. with, with, with those. I do not understand the thought process behind either Fireplace or Lightning Hopkins, especially. So I alluded to a song that I really, really love and demo that I don't like in the actual produced version that is Lightning and Hopkins. The instrumental mm. version of Lightning, Lightning Hopkins is good. Yeah, it's 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 not uninteresting, right? As a thing,
1: it's just, you could see it like not finding the vocal for it. Yeah, which makes sense. Like it's not a uh, a song that has a lot. Of, it's real twitchy, so there's not a lot you could like sing over it. Right. You know, you hold a note over a lot of this right. uh, during the verses. Like w- about this, like this place on this record, like the first side of this album, which I, you know, I guess we've been like semi-critical of, but I like a lot more than the second side of it. Oh yeah. Uh, in general, like I think that that's like other than. Being a little lukewarm on, you know, the the middle three, like having like minor reservations. I like all the songs on the first side of the album. Yeah. Like Disturbance of the Heron House, I like, even if mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit boring. Like I like all the songs on the first album. The second side of this album, I like two songs on. Yeah. Like it's, it's uh, I, you know. I like the I like last two along. songs. Yeah. yeah. I think those are really good. But I think most of the second side is like, it's not like Life's Rich Pageant where they're kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, and, you know, we can disagree on the one I love, but I think this three song set is three bad songs I don't want to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, not like, oh, they're, they're forgettable, but I can take it or leave it. Like, I yeah. think these are actually bad. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, yeah. and it, it pulls up, but it's like, <laughs> you know, and
1: it pulls up in a weird way too. it. They're not like big closers. It's, you know, they're weird songs.
0: Yeah. But 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 and that's but why it's they're, interesting. They're, they're, they're weird in a way that I am accustomed to, which I realize is a, is a contradiction of terms. You know, well, there's they're, yeah, they're weird REM weird songs, yeah.
1: Um, it's yeah. so like King no. of Birds. Um, we've we've heard the demo version of this. This was mm-hmm. a March song uh, yeah. on Life's First Pageant. Um, but the the lyrics actually bring this together, they're great, uh, yeah. <laughs> put this together, and the lyrics are very good,
0: yeah. Talking about you know, finding a mean enough idea.
1: Well, and that's that's used above, too, yeah. Um, that's in uh, Distur- I think disturbance of the Heron House, I believe so, uh, yeah. yeah, where they're you know, um. Yeah, a a mean idea. Uh, Yeah.
0: yeah. So so it says something about the overall body of the song that I can forgive the presence of a dulcimer, which is just a couple of steps away from a sitar.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there is that kind of... uh, But it matches the instrumentation. Like, this is that weird stunt R.E.M., like, um, you know, uh, Swan Swan Hummingbird or Mm -hmm. something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the lyrics are really abstract, Mm -hmm. which I I really appreciate. Like, this
0: is doesn't feel political old man don't lay so still you're not yet young pretty good yeah you know like the, yeah. like that that is a that is a standard REM trick where they will directly contradict themselves with the within the same line and create some synthesis
1: mm-hmm yeah um and the second verse that does that like kind of turns in that kind of weird round mm-hmm I you know love as it, it's in the chorus and the the round kind of comes in like this is a really cool song yeah um this is very good-hmm uh, and I like the way when it comes into the kind of final uh you know, verse of it, like the I am the king of all I see part, mm-hmm. it kind of clears up like the music kind of clears up mm-hmm. and it sounds, um, you know, kind of like kind of more dramatic mm-hmm. than than it would have. Yeah. Um, so it's repetitive, but it's not. I mean, I guess like if you look at it and actually look at the lyrics, it's as repetitive as the last three songs. Yeah. But what it's repeating is cooler.
0: Yeah. And also they're like repeating it with a different treatment, like the arrangement. The, 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 there's plenty to be said for that. Yeah. You know, like clearing it out, like obscuring it for the middle part of it and then just like letting it really fly, fly home, (laughs) you know, uh, straight and obscured is, uh, is, is a good move. Yeah.
1: You know, it works. Like this is, this is a really good song. This is one of my favorite songs on the record.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I also really like Oddfellows Local 151.
1: Yeah. I like this song a lot too. It's so good. Um, Uh, It's, it's
0: obviously a cast off from Fables.
1: I, uh, well, the, the, I mean, the music, it like definitely sounds like it It was written about those weird winos that are around when they're recording. Mm -hmm. Um, so lyrically is earlier than that. And I think the chorus to this
0: is not very good.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say, like i the, the firehouse firehouse like stop you can't
0: just yell fire for every one of your fucking choruses. I think like, there was like, a Supreme like, Court ruling about that, yeah, yeah, you can't uh
1: it is your your freedom of being a songwriter only extends as far as not yelling fire for all of your fucking choruses, <laughs> but uh, the lyrics here are sublime mm-hmm. like this I think this is actually like so weird and so good and so brooding and dark and kind of scary sounding, yeah, uh that like the verse it's a rare case for me where like the verses will totally redeem kind of a shitty chorus. <laughs> yep. That
0: I'll sit through in order to get more of like the kind of story well, parts of it. Welcome to my world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Wash off the blood. Wash off the rum. Wash off the blood. Wash off the one fifty one. Fucking yeah. amazing. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's super. Super good. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. And then just like he sits on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's a, it has this like surreal like kind of sense to it that is like feels like a gravity's pull kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This
0: dreamlike logic to it yeah
1: um
0: that i you know super love yeah no i just i will always be in the camp of dark rem like give it to me yeah yeah <laughs> you know
1: because it, it's uh you know dark without you know dark and not uh dark like um like everybody hurts yeah
0: you know give give me give me foreboding, <laughs> <laughs> dark, dark, yeah uh everybody hurts is like a super saccharin kind of dark like yeah yeah i don't want there to be you just you just give me full dark no stars no no light yeah. at the end of that tunnel please
1: yes <laughs> So, yeah, it ends on a good note, a weird note again, Uh like it would be like uh, Fables ending with Old Man Kenzie or something, (laughs) you know, and like Fables doesn't. It ends with a really sweet song. Mm -hmm. Um, They decided not to do that because this is you thought REM couldn't rock. Like this is REM being uh, kind of dark and edgy on purpose. Yeah. Um, But I'm just really glad it pulls up because the second uh, second side of this record is such a bummer.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, um, so we should do our. Uh, well, let's talk about this B side before we do our oh, yeah. favorites and least favorites. So the B side, as we mentioned, there's this kind of dearth of
1: material for this. Um, yeah. The one B side that's a non-album like remix or acoustic version um, is a cover of the song called Last Date. Yes. Um, oh, that's yeah. a cover. I believe that is a cover. Let me double album up, fact check that live
0: on air. Yeah, go ahead and fact we check that. Her. So listening to it, um, this is an instrumental. Um, like a lot of the, uh, the B the B sides are, uh, I didn't mean to go porky pig on that, <laughs> but, um, it is a sad piano and country guitar. It's like a, like a little, uh, it would almost be like a, like a sad piano ballad, uh, if there were any vocals to it. Um, mm-hmm. it's nice, but it sounds like production music to me. Yeah. Like it, it sounds this is like a,
1: a... a 1960, uh, song by Floyd Kramer. I have
0: no idea so who it, that it is. Is
1: An old country guy. Okay. Yeah, so it is definitely and there is a vocal version of it barium didn't do that version i can't wait when he did a vocal version
0: okay so, yeah yeah i could see it being cool with vocals um I'm, I'm curious what the lyrics are it's pretty but yeah it sounds like what would play over you know somebody driving home to his wife who he thought he was gonna leave
1: yeah it's real slight <laughs> yeah and and that's like literally like a band that has like a lot of extra material mm-hmm. and stuff like that like there's it's telling that the uh, 25th anniversary version of this just has that terrible, terrible live show as the second disc. Like, there's no, there's nothing else to draw from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that sucks. Yeah, um, like they, it, it's a bummer. Like I, you know, they, uh I don't think they had enough good songs to do this record and make it actually great.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, it's still, it's still a record I like. Like the things I like about it make it worthwhile. Oh yeah, like the uh,
0: the, the 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 highs are high, but the but the lows are probably as excruciatingly low as
1: been. though. Yeah, as are as low as they've been. Yeah, I think I don't think there's a song on any of the albums previous that is as bad as uh, Fireplace.
0: Yeah, or, you know. or Lightning, Hopkins. Lightning Hopkins. Like, you yeah. know, the, the, there are some that I would skip because I was eager to get what was past them. There were there are very few songs prior to this that I would just skip out of disgust.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's some embarrassment going on in this. Yeah,
0: disgust is pretty. I mean, that's that's a pretty yeah, strong but, word. You I know? know what you
1: mean. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, it's like besties and worsties.
0: Yeah, um, uh, on this. But I mean, so my my bestie, uh, without any with, without any restraints on this, would have to be it's the end of the <laughs> the end of the worlds we know it. Just because mm. like this, the, that would be like a time capsule song. Like, you know, if I needed to communicate to somebody, what I love about this band specifically because I have so much history with it. Does that feel fair, or do you want me to pick a, a less obvious one? Like,
1: like do a do a runner up, just because that would be my pick as well. And otherwise, we're just going to be saying the same <laughs> best and the same
0: worst. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So it would have to be somewhere between um Welcome to the Occupation or Oddfellows Local 101. Um uh, I'm gonna give the edge to Oddfellows Local One or 151. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um
1: I'm probably gonna say so if I can't do it's the end of the world as we know it, um pro- like I mean, maybe like, maybe even finest work song. Like I like that song a lot. Okay. Um, you I'm
0: know. sorry. I said so uh, many, so many bad things about it. I just didn't care. No, no, no. It. happy,
1: happy to, happy to disagree about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that song a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, negative one, if, you know, I can't do, uh, what do I like least? You know, I, I will, I will do the, uh, you know, cause I, I, I really don't like the one I love. I think it's a really like, I th- the song's really underwritten. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I yeah. just, it's not, it's not, it's not as embarrassing as fireplace and lightning hopkins but like fireplace and lightning hopkins are at least them like regrettable experiments okay the one i love is such like a a guy like busting an acoustic guitar at a party song like yeah it's so coffee shop boring like you know uh fireplace at least you know that sax thing is something our never done before mm-hmm. i wish they'd never do it again i wish they'd never done it yeah like it sucks but it's not it doesn't seem like the kind of thing you hear all the time. Yeah. And then lightning Hopkins has that weird drum bit and it kind of sounds like their version of like nine, nine for this record. Yeah. Like, you know, it has that kind of guitar thing. Whereas the one I love, I just think is too boring to live.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, i'm gonna go fireplace i can't get with you on on the one i love like i'm not crazy about it it is not in my favorite rem singles but uh Mm -hmm. i think that there there's a place for it maybe uh fireplace i don't there's i don't think there's a place for it if your experimentation is throwing in like a crazy acid sax thing uh sorry you're not baker street (laughs) yeah (laughs) um at least light in hopkins
1: Street, like the 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 Sax is, like, the main melody thing. Yeah. This is
0: just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so
1: when people make fun of jazz. This is what they, they're they making fun of.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and like... outside of that, it's not like that is dragging something down. It is literally, again, just a dirge. Lightning Hopkins, at least there is the blueprint of a good thing there with the mm-hmm. um, with the uh, um, demo that we heard. Um, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I really wish that Michael Stipe had never recorded that vocal. Um, but yeah. I think the other stuff there, uh, works and is okay, but yeah, fireplace, yeah. I just, I, yeah, no.
1: Or like, I think there's a way to do, um, like a speak, singy, percussive vocal that isn't quite so sneering. That yeah. would have been okay Yeah, for that. Like he just didn't, Yeah, you know, like it, it just,
0: you know, needed, a. it, it was, and... on, it was on the bubble in strange and here it's just, no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, strange, I think is much more successful at the very least it's like catchy, mm-hmm. you know, and like. Has that little self-referential lyric, mm-hmm. you know, that Michael's nervous thing. I think is kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and it, it's you know, for people who think we're gonna go all Dark Souls three on this podcast, like I love Green.
0: No, I love Green. Like, I it, love that. Yeah, this is
1: yeah, yeah, this is not a uh, you know a nosedive. It's just a weird step for the band that like is hard to call one hundred percent successful.
0: Yeah, no, uh, the, the,
1: the, there are bright times ahead. yeah yeah Yeah. and and dark times like the you know the band uh but this is it's kind of interesting to have a step where it's like oh the band's kind of uneven now yeah like we're gonna be good and bad albums now you Mm -hmm. know we're good and albums that have at least like a couple things that are like embarrassing yeah you know um but yeah i'm I'm glad to revisit it because it is uh i loved it growing up like it wasn't uh you know it wasn't until i became kind of an adult and revisited the stuff that even things that were, you know, on per- like I was never like, yeah, fireplace, you know, yeah, like in <laughs> Hopkins. But I remember yeah. listening to it not blinking yeah. when I was young, you know, and now that I, you know, once I started listening to music a little bit more critically, I was like, what is, what are you trying <laughs> no. to do? Yeah, like, like <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> just
0: just like, please explain yourself a little bit.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> you okay. Know? Wait a minute. Wait um, a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I listen. So uh, document as a whole album was kind of a late acquisition for me. Um, Mm. it mostly existed in singles for a very long time. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see them
1: making a difference. Yep, you know, because the, the, no, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to talking about Green, and there's a lot to talk about with the band joining Warner Brothers. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. Join the WB, (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, man. Um. Cool. So, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Kind of, I don't know, vent about that. Sorry if you know we took a shit on something you really enjoyed. Uh, I'd be curious if there's something amazing about fireplace that we're just not noticing.
1: Yeah, or or like the album in general. Like if you know, and and Liam will let us know. Like it's, <laughs> ah! it's, if if that's the case, if if there's something like you know. We're missing he'll he'll yeah.
0: mention it. Well Liam will give us a very playful, um, but very uh, I think well reasons, or you know, yeah. at, at least well well cited um kind of uh I, kind just of defense. Like, I yeah. Just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um but yeah, it cool. is uh, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. If you like this show, um please, you know, let your 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 friends know if you have other REM fan friends, uh let them know. Um, spread the word, ratings, reviews, all those things are very helpful. Really do appreciate that.
0: Yes. Um, also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Gary, I don't have that plugged into our widget because of cost reasons, but, uh, they're very Mm -hmm. nice reviews. If you go and take a look at them. Oh, Um, that's great. Yeah. So thank you everybody who has done that. Uh, it takes you just a moment, uh, to go and at least leave a rating or review and it does help us out. Um, in addition to that, this show is only possible because of Patreon. Uh, that is a crowdfunding platform that uh, gives us recurring revenue so we can afford to do uh, shows like this that are, that we're passionate about uh, but do not get huge listenerships. So yes. go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash Patreon or patreon.com slash duckfeed.tv. Um, either of those work and uh, whatever you can give, we very much appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for listening and, uh, Until next time, it is the end of the podcast as we know it. And we feel fine.